to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, back at it, Brendan Jones with Gabby and Josh Peach. It's been a while since our last episode. Um, we did kind of take a hiatus. A hiatus. School's been tough. There hasn't been a lot of Illinois uh, sports to talk about. Obviously, we want that to be the focus of this podcast. Um, but we're back because as we record this on a Friday afternoon in Champaign, we are one week away from Big Ten football. Um, Illinois will open the season against Wisconsin in Madison. Um, Wisconsin favored by 23 and a half. It's a huge, huge line. Um, guys, how, first impressions, we're going to dive deep into this game. Um, but how are we feeling about, you know, just one Big Ten football starting um, and two that, that Illinois was granted like the first the first game of the season starting opening on a Friday night? Um, I'm excited, mainly because I get to go cover it. Shout out me. Um, so that's exciting. Covering my first live sports event since March. Since that's wild. Before the the last game, I think anybody covered was the Iowa basketball game, March but I wasn't 8th. even oh, yeah. there. I was I wasn't there. even there. I was in Florida with my dad and my sister. So I, mine was probably a week before that. So it's been a while. I'm excited. I think it's cool. Illinois gets to kick off the season. Me and Josh talked about this a little yesterday on the uh, on Illinois Drive, a radio show. It's kind of disrespectful, this line, the 23 and a half. Or the spread. The spread. Sorry. My bad. Still getting cultured on betting and everything. (laughs) Um, The spread's a little disrespectful to be the first game of the Big Ten season, in my opinion. And obviously, it's not like the Big Ten put out the spread. You know what I mean? So, But I think people are doubting Illinois a little. Obviously, we'll get into that um, in a little bit. But I think... I think it's been a good game. I think to start off this season, such an unprecedented season, I'm a little worried um, about the season in general. We've seen kind of college football and NFL um, have some major problems with COVID and testing. Obviously, we just heard Nick Saban has COVID. Not sure how that's going to affect the rest of the Alabama locker room. Florida's a mess a lot of Texas schools are like down south is a mess so it'll be interesting to see if the Big Ten can keep it together um I think our testing with the Big Ten is a lot better than what they're doing down south so I'm pretty confident with this antigen testing thing yeah and I mean and Illinois athletes at least are getting tested twice a day with yeah. the antigen yeah. test and the Illinois saliva test feel bad for their noses yeah they are pretty bad I don't think it's like the upper upper the, one maybe I know the antigen one is a I'm sure the antigen one is definitely invasive because it's yeah. much more accurate yeah. and much more in depth than just a saliva based one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it feels good that we'll have Illinois football. Um, obviously, we hope that it doesn't end up like I mean, as we see the SEC three games, I think are postponed. Yeah. Um, for this weekend alone, NFL. I don't know what's happening. Trying to follow Adam Schefter on Twitter is so wild right now. Trying to figure out what the schedule looks like. Um, but yeah, Josh, how are you feeling about it? I feel pretty good. I think that. You know, even though the spread is 23 and a half, this is exciting. They're going to play under the lights in Madison, obviously. Part of the reason they made this the first game is because the upset of the year last year was Illinois over Wisconsin on homecoming day for the Illini. I don't think that Illinois has a ton to lose in this game. They could gain a lot if they do make it a game because the 23 and a half spread is a bigger spread than Ohio State at home against Nebraska. And we all know Nebraska has been struggling. Ohio State's a legit national championship contender as they are, you know, most years. So I think that Illinois should have fun with it. I think it's going to be fun to watch, hoping it's not a blowout, but we'll see how the two teams match up. Yeah, definitely. Um, This is 
obviously high stakes. I'm sure some of those Wisconsin guys that were in the same locker room last year feel some type of way about, you know, as time expiring, James McCourt hitting that field goal. Um, Illinois fans storming the field. It was it was a good day. It was homecoming. Everything was, was really good um, as they travel up to Madison and, and face this team. Um, but... Josh, you brought up an interesting point. Illinois doesn't have a lot to lose. I mean, Matt, or Wisconsin comes in here ranked number 16th in the country. Illinois is obviously unranked. Um, so it, it without the same disparity in rankings, because I think Illinois is a little bit better than they were last year, at least offensively, um, Wisconsin obviously takes a step back. They um, Their starting quarterback will be out. They're playing a redshirt freshman. Jonathan Taylor um, is out. They lost their, their highest uh, production wide receiver. So I mean, obviously, they're not the team that they were last year at the beginning of the year. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of like the same odds. Illinois going into this game really has nothing to lose. Nobody that's really following Illinois' schedule has marked this as a must win or given it to a win. I mean, everybody's pretty much marked it off as a loss. But, I mean, those are kind of the best situations to go into. Um, I, I feel like what's interesting, and this is more of like season as a whole, mm-hmm. I feel like Illinois media members, you know, people who are covering Illinois football team pretty closely are definitely higher on this team than like national media. And I can't figure out if we're just high on them because we see the potential in a lot of these players or if we're just being a little naive and like, obviously not, I don't want to say biased at all because that's definitely the wrong word, but just like we work closely with these guys and we see there's a lot of like unprovenness that could go a long way and could be potentially really a talented football team. Lovey is obviously, which is very not like Lovey, I would say. He's hyped up this team. He's put some hype around, like, this is the best team I've coached. And it's true, talent-wise, on paper it is. But I feel like you don't normally hear things like that from Lovey. So I feel like what we're hearing is a lot of just this hype. And we're seeing all this potential in all these young players and a lot of these veterans that are coming back. Um, You talk about the offensive line. You talk about the whole offense as a whole, I would say, is full of veterans, full of experience. But I can't decide if we're just really high on them for not I don't, the right reasons or if national media just I think that what it there. is what it is honestly is that we see primarily this offense um the receivers and the tight ends I mean we saw what Josh Matter Bebe was able to do last year uh we saw you know Donnie Navarro have have you know flashes of good games we saw Brandon Peters have flashes of really good games um especially in the middle of the season and then you know you get Luke Ford and you get Daniel Matterbebe and you still have Daniel Barker. Like, there's a lot of talent on this offense that hasn't always shined at the exact same moment. And if with another year of experience, of course, another year or another offseason of practice, um, that's really what I think all of Illinois media is excited about to see, like, if this team could, this offense can get down in jail and really, you know, hit the ground running against Wisconsin, like, this can be a very high-powered offense because of, I think that there's really, you could, you could argue in, in the running back game, but I think Illinois is set up for a good running back by committee. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if you look at Illinois, they're like at their top potential at what we've seen flashes of last year and what we expect this year. Um, it could end up in a situation where there's really no holes on offense. Um, and I think that's why everybody's pretty excited because we haven't seen that in so long. It's also just like when there's so much talent on yeah. the roster, sometimes it doesn't mesh right. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I mean, Josh, you've been on a lot of these, like, football media availabilities, too. But I feel like there's really good chemistry between the players. Yeah, I think there is, too. And that chemistry is going to help with the consistency issue that they had last year. Mm-hmm. Because the main three on offense were Peters, Amater, Bay, Bay, and then offensive lineman Verdarian Lowe. The three of them are kind of all in the same situation here. Way too inconsistent. But when they're good, they're really good. And they could be NFL caliber. So, And then on the defensive side, you have a little bit of inconsistency there, too. Especially with a guy like Jake Hansen, who's more of a... Turnover guy, but was inconsistent with his tackling. You're bringing back Hobbs and Eifler, and very unproven and kind of weak at this point defensive line. But you're adding Beeson in the in the secondary, so you know you have all that. And then if there is any consistency fixes, this team went six and six last year before losing to a really good Cal team in the Red Box Bowl. So I think it makes sense for all of us to be as high as they as high as we are right now on this team. But then again, I feel like Illini Media says this every single year and thinks yeah. that they're going to go to a bowl game. It's People, like, oh, this is the year. Last you know, year like, after the stomping the of UConn, they're like, oh, I'm smelling roses. And then we just lose a bad game, high-scoring game to Eastern Michigan. So who knows? But on paper, it definitely makes sense for us to be at least a little bit better than last year. I said this yesterday on the radio show, but m- major trust issues. Oh, totally. Illinois sports <laughs> just gives me major trust issues. Like, yeah. And that's just the fact of it. And you said it perfectly, Josh. Like, every year, it's like, no, this is going to be the team. And it it happens with basketball, too. Well, yeah, even in basketball last year where we felt, like, very, very comfortable about this team due to nobody's fault. But but even, like, due to nobody's fault, they just didn't get to play. So it kind of felt like that was also taken away from Illinois fans. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you with the the trust issues that (laughs) Illinois instills in its fans. Bobby Smith gives me trust issues. He gives me trust issues because he shaved his beard. Same. And (laughs) I'm skeptical about that. (laughs) I think he looks good either way, but it just, it was it was a shakeup I wasn't ready for. He looks a lot younger. He looks really good, but I I feel like there was this like, Superstitious luck with the beard, like the His beard. beard it was the production. <laughs> the beard was like the talk of college football. It was. The talk of the Big Ten. Bit. We don't have that anymore. What's our talk now? It's going to be the offense. I mean, Brandon Peters Heisman campaign. Uh, My Illini Inquirer subscription username is Peters for Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, delete that account, bro. See that? Delete yeah. the account. <laughs> delete Josh's account. I look please. <laughs> He's not kidding either. I'm he not just kidding. It up. It's right here. I, um, I can't take credit for so making the game. So that's who's been commenting on every post. <laughs> so I, I can't make. I can't take credit for making the name because I split it with my friend. But I'm fully on board with the name. That's wild. Okay. <laughs> um, so in in order for Brandon Peters to win the Heisman, he has to start off strong, right? Agree. Um, luckily, you come in with all this. You know weaponry that you have uh, as receivers, as as tight ends. You have a good offensive line. Um, it's really prime for him to have a good year. I don't know about no Heisman, but prime for him to have a. Is really this good like year. the Josh? Is this another kidney thing? Like, would you oh. give your second kidney if he won the if Heisman? Brandon Peters. Well, you already lost your too. first kidney. I did yeah. lose my first kidney whenever Io needs it, but I will, you know, go through a little <laughs> bit of, you know, take a transplant and then end up giving another one to. <laughs> Peters, if two conditions: one, we finish above five hundred; two, he wins the Heisman. Interesting. Well, he's not winning the Heisman if we don't go below. He's not winning yeah. the Heisman if you don't go eight and one. I don't know about that. I think that he could still go like seven and two, six and three. You could only put up insane mm, stats. I don't. I don't know. Not with Trevor Lawrence. When Johnny Manziel <laughs> won the Heisman with A and M, they lost a few games that year. 
Yeah, but I just think college football. He's also not. Yeah, there's no way so. Peters beats out Trevor. Yeah, um, <laughs> unless he goes undefeated. So we'll oh. see. But I think it's I think great. you should stay safe in that. First yeah, game. like you'll you'll keep your last game. Hey, yeah, hey, I think don't you'll worry. stay. I think you'll <laughs> the stay. The Peters okay. for Heisman is much more of a dream than Io coming back. Yeah, like, that was a lot more realistic. This is kind of just my buddy Kalen <laughs> being a jokester. Um, so. Yeah, but as he starts off his Heisman campaign in Wisconsin. How are we feeling about how these teams match up? Because I'm looking at this matchup offensively, defensively, whether that be position groups, whether that be special teams. And I'm going to be honest, it just doesn't look that well for Illinois. And, I mean, we say this all the time whenever they play a formidable opponent. Um, But let's start with the offense, right? For me, I think Illinois is in a good position because I think – Passing-wise and receiving-wise, I think that they could have a better performance than the Wisconsin receivers. There's, they're on a second-string quarterback. Um, they don't have a lot of receiver depth. Uh, the, the guys that they have this year are the are guys that were back or not backups, but but second and third options last year. They are returning uh, their their tight end by the name of Jake Ferguson, um, but I think it allows them to to kind of have that edge in the passing game. But I think that's pretty much the last edge I want to give to Illinois on offense and defense because every other way, whether it's rushing, whether it's pass defense, whether it's rush defense, I see Wisconsin just ahead above Illinois. Yeah, you know, I will say this about the offense. I'll give them a compliment. I think that, remember in the Michigan State game last year, 28-3, to and we kind of like found a way to get back at mm-hmm. them and beat them? I think that this could be the first Illinois team in a while where you could struggle at first, and because of the weapons you have, you know, find a way to get into a defense and try and... Like, obviously, Wisconsin has a fantastic defense. They do every year. They're going to be a top three defense in the Big Ten, probably undoubtedly this year, especially if they want to win the West, but... Illinois could, you know, find a way to just like sneak into them in the second or third quarter if things don't work out at first because you have good running backs. You have good but unproven tight ends. Same with the wide receiver. We can trust Peters, you know, adjust into a game. So that's what I will say about the offense. And then on the other side, Wisconsin's very unproven on offense. Mm-hmm. This quarterback has not started a game. I'm pretty sure is the running back a redshirt freshman, Brennan? He's a yeah, this is he's I don't think he's a redshirt, but he's going into his sophomore season. Um, no, he's a redshirt. He's a redshirt. I think he sophomore. is a redshirt, he's yeah. A redshirt. So they have a redshirt freshman there, a QB that's never started a game. They do return a receiver, too. I know they return a tight end, but their offense is very unproven. Yeah. They're kind of a little bit like how Illinois' offense was last year. Probably more potential because mm-hmm. they're Wisconsin, but that's what I will say about the Illinois offense. I'll give them a possible edge just in, like, strategy, maybe, with the talent they have. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I agree with you. Um, this team could have the potential to never be out of a game. Um, I know we've seen a few Big 12 matchups this year where just like it doesn't seem close. Um, and then at the end, like there's just a bunch of touchdowns. I think that's probably a good sign for Illinois that they don't have to re- re- rely on the running game um, to get them back into the to games because that's just really, really hard to do. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on the other side of, of with Wisconsin and their running backs. They have a very unproven offense. And that's really where hopefully uh, we can talk about defense later, but the defense really um, shows out last year. They were just great at takeaways. Not that great at coverage and not that great at rushing, but they were great at takeaways. Um, so hopefully when you have an unexperienced wide receiver core, an unexperienced um, running back core, and an unexperienced quarterback, that can really (laughs) 
usher itself into a couple turnovers, which Illinois is going to need if they want to stay in this game. I think the thing I'm going to talk about Illinois' offense real quick. There's just so many weapons that I feel like it's too good to be true. And that's just me being skeptical, not based off any sort of talent, because I think, all jokes aside, Brandon Peters is primed to have a really good year. I think if he stays healthy, he could... He could slide into the NFL draft. If he stays healthy and takes a step up like he's expected to. I mean, I was on the um, Zoom with him when he was doing his media availability for the first time since the Red Box Bowl. He hadn't talked to the media in months. And same, like, he has not changed one bit. Super calm, super just, like, monotone, whatever. Doesn't really care about what's talking to us, which is understandable. But he, just the way he, just in his answers, he just seems like he's so much more comfortable at Illinois as a school, as a campus. Very comfortable with Rod Smith, um, the offensive coordinator. It seems like they have a really developed relationship now where Rod Smith knows what Peters likes and knows what Peters is good at and knows where he wants to throw, what he wants to do. And I think that's so important. And then he obviously has any anybody at his like yeah. anybody he wants to throw to. Yeah. You also have a solid running back room. Obviously still a little skeptical about that just because Mike Epstein is injury prone. Not really sure what Chase Brown can do in a consistent consistently at the Big Ten level. Obviously came was only able to play like the second half last year and didn't really get too much mm-hmm. time because you have, you know, Reggie Corbin and Drake Brown who were really good last year. And then you have someone who Lovey Smith has brought up a lot unprovoked, Kyron Cumbie. Yeah. Uh I'm pretty sure he redshirted last year. I think yeah, he's a redshirt yeah. freshman. Yeah. Lovey has said he's the fastest guy on the team. Then you have your tight end wide receivers. We've been through this. But I think I'm just worried about having too many options to where, like, there's not enough, like, consistency in Mm -hmm. passing to, like, the same guys and getting, like, connections down with a solid group of guys. Obviously, you're going to look at Josh Bebe as your number one option always, but you have to assume he's going to be doubled a lot. But I think he's also the best number one option to get doubled and come down with the catch. I mean, we've seen his vertical. He's insane. So physically good i have a question i only recently started like analyzing offenses and type of offenses Mm -hmm. i I could be wrong but doesn't illinois run a spread run first offense isn't that like the type of offense that they run yeah pretty because if that is in that case you're not going to need a number one receiver right like maybe the the having that's like so many weapons and having a balance between your tight ends and receivers is actually a good thing yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but not to totally disagree but i think that just all those weapons if everyone's okay with not being the number one star they could really use it to their advantage and i think that's probably the case for illinois i don't see anybody that's like oh it's me like i need the ball yeah because i mean that's kind of the good thing when you have all these guys that really only right now joshy matter baby probably has nfl aspirations it's nobody's like hey like this is me like i need to do this yeah like well, Luke Ford, but also yeah. Luke Ford has time. You know what I mean? And so, you don't have that guy who's like solid five star of high yeah, school, came yeah. in knowing he's gonna play. Like, I feel like these are all right. These are all guys that, guys that have had to go through the process, the transfer true. process. They've had to fight for their minutes and stuff. So I think that that's that's a good thing. But I also think that 
with this summer and what this summer has been in terms of COVID, it's hard to get that consistency. I mean, they just started practicing with pads mm-hmm. three weeks ago, right? So it's it's something that that'll be very important. And it's it, that's why it sucks that they have to start the the season against Wisconsin when normally they'd have three games to. That's tune why I feel up. like if Wisconsin was later in the season or just in a normal season, this would be such a better matchup. Because my biggest thing, and the point I was kind of trying to make with just all these, all this talent is like, and you kind of brought it up, just not having enough time yeah. and such a long off season. Like, I'm just not sure if Brandon Peters is gonna have right off the bat those connections with each player each receiver each tight end Mm -hmm. to have consistency in the passing game that's just what I'm most worried about for the beginning of the season not long term not like we're talking end of the season I think that'll be there no 100% and especially starting with a really good defense yeah that Wisconsin has I want to talk real quick before you move into kind of can I I interrupt just for one second before you make your last point so the inconsistent or I'm not inconsistent you just like you haven't had time to like make that chemistry there's been no games that but playing Wisconsin first you might be able to use that to their advantage because their offense like we've said before is even more unproven so maybe with I'm not going to call it veteran leadership because he's only been there for two years but like Peters does have a year under his belt so does a matter baby so even though neither team has gotten to actually play a game yet that actually that might benefit Illinois just a little bit no I agree I think the big thing with Illinois is always going to be the offensive line especially with a good defense that Wisconsin has they're returning their top two linebackers and we know what Wisconsin can do with linebackers shout out Wisconsin for TJ Watt love you for that (laughs) um but that's just like a constant like you're constantly seeing Wisconsin pump out these strong linebackers so you're gonna obviously expect some of that to be blitzing the quarterback rushing um trying to get to Brandon Peters so I think Brandon Peters isn't going to have a ton of time to throw because Wisconsin defense, no matter how good our or Illinois O line is, like their defense is still going to get mm-hmm. to Peters. Yeah. So, but I think as much as you would think that's like a bad matchup, just because like the defensive line is so good, I think the O line should be able to like hold them off enough to get the ball out and to you know accelerate the run game. So, I think I don't know. I'm a little worried about Illinois' run game, I would say, just because of, like, inconsistencies. And you obviously relied so heavy on Corbin and Dre Brown last year um, that Mike Epstein and Chase Brown weren't obviously the starters last year and obviously not Epstein's fault because of his injury. We know he can do really good stuff. Um, And then Wisconsin's offense, we've said it probably like a 100 times already, this podcast, just unproven. That's all it is. And – there's two sides to that. They can come out super unproven, you know, just shaky. There's no connections there. Graham Mertz, this backup quarterback who's going to play, he might just not have it. You know, it's his first game starting. Da-da-da-da-da. Or they can come out and really prove themselves. Be like, we are mm-hmm. all talented guys, even though we weren't on the field as first stringers last year. Like, we're all talented in our own ways, and, you know, we're going to prove that. So I think it's hard to really, like, plan for this Wisconsin offense, and I think that's the big X factor in this game is you kind of know what their defense is going to bring. Right. You don't really know what to expect of this offense. Yeah, 100%. Um, moving on to the defense, as Gabby, you talked about, I think that's where Wisconsin just has huge such a huge edge. edge. Yeah. I mean, we saw what Illinois' defense was able to do with takeovers, but, I mean, that's 
takeovers are such a situational thing, and we've seen time and time again throughout last year that their defense was not as good as their takeovers made it seem, or takeaways made it seem. I said takeovers forever. Um, takeaways made it seem. Uh, they were, I think, second to last rush defense in the Big Ten, and they were like maybe a little lower than middle of the pack in pass defense. Um, Luckily, they come in against a Wisconsin offense that's um, just not the best in in the Big Ten right now, especially because of their injuries and because of their uh, their their new uh, position players. But it is it, it's something that you know Illinois really has to be cognizant of is that yes, like last year they had a lot of situations where they forced fumbles and they got interceptions. But you need to be better than you know just picking the ball off and, and, and stripping the ball. You have to be more consistent. And luckily, with the addition of Marquez Beeson and um, some of these other guys and just more more talent uh, and more experience, like hopefully that can be a thing. But I mean, we've seen this defensive line. I don't really have any confidence in this defensive line to stop the run. Um, and I mean, Wisconsin has has had a history of just really good running backs in these last ten years. Uh, and so if that continues with Nakia. Watson. Watson, that's his last name. Um, you know, it's his first game really being the premier back if if that is what he is. Um, well, you think about Wisconsin last year and just Illinois' rate of turnovers. Jonathan Taylor is, all, is also super turnover prone. Like, yes. He fumbles a lot. And so I think that helped. Obviously, Jake Hansen got a big fumble off of Taylor last year. Um, but I, you have to expect this Nikia Watson guy. And then Garrett Groshek is a yeah. senior. He's projected to be their backup or Nikia Watson's backup. Um, so, you, you know, he they've both played behind Jonathan Taylor. They both have seen him play. You have to assume that they're going to come out and be really strong. They obviously have probably heard the whole offseason, you know, no one can do what Jonathan Taylor did. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. They're going to come out and prove themselves. Watson was also the guy on Twitter who was like, Illinois deserves the butt whooping from last yep. year, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny because he probably like didn't it. play much last year. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, no, no disrespect. You had Jonathan Taylor on the field. Um, but I am super, 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 can't stress that enough, worried about mm-hmm. Illinois' defensive line. Absolutely. We were kind of arguing about this earlier before the podcast. Um, Wally Bitiku sure was Illinois' most talented deal, uh, defensive lineman last year. He was super in and out because of injuries. Obviously had a strong first three games and then – didn't really do much due to injury and just inconsistencies. Isaiah Gay, senior, has never really proved himself. Own Carney, same spot. Um, so I don't know. I'm a little worried yeah. about those guys being able to step up without someone like Wally Batiku um, there to kind of, I guess, I don't want to say like cop them out, but, and then you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. think the year before when they were what? Sophomores, you obviously had Bobby Roundtree yeah. um, to do all the work. So while this defensive line is experienced in terms of years, they haven't really done much yet. Yeah, and that's what concerns me because if Nikia Watson and Garrett Groshek come out and they are good backs, like they're expected to be, they're just gonna run right down Illinois' throats. This backup quarterback isn't gonna have to do anything. And that's though. that's really what Illinois can't afford is have Wisconsin just come in here or have them them go to Wisconsin and Madison and have the Badgers just run. Just average three or four yards per carry and just run the entire game. Because honestly, I, I mean, I don't think really. 
if I was Wisconsin, I wouldn't want to beat Illinois with the pass. I want to beat them with the run because they know how yeah. limited this defensive line can be. And, it's, and just it's a way hard. to tire the defense if, out, keep them on the field. I mean, we saw this last year with Tennessee Titans, right? If you get up on a team and then you just run down their throats, it's so hard to come back, especially when the run is working. So, I mean, you have that, to expect them to come out of the gates first quarter, run, run, run. They run, will. Run. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what they're going to do. That's their identity. And, on it, like I think Lovey Smith really needs to figure out a way. It's like, okay, how am I gonna stop this run and help have my have my linebackers and and my safeties come down and really help on this run without giving up deep balls? Because mm-hmm. if, if that well, starts to happen, if they start giving up runs and deep balls, it's gonna be a long Friday night for the Atlanta. Well, the thing that I was just about to add in there is that Jake Hansen's your type of guy that would come in there. But as we were talking about on the show yesterday, Gabby, he's really good, but his missed tackles is a problem, and yeah. this is the type of run running back or rush game that would kill him because if he gets through the line you got to rely on Hanson in a one-on-one type of situation and even though this running back's unproven I don't feel as confident as I'd like to with a guy like Hanson and then Eifler is more of like a like a back type of linebacker yeah, right? like he, where he's I not really like the type of guy to come in he doesn't play up so maybe uh, maybe he will this year maybe we yeah. see a little more action from him up and maybe especially in this game I mean I'd love to see more run stoppage from Milo Eifler we Me saw we, I mean he's just a huge he's strong a huge dude he can hit. we've, yeah. we've yeah. seen him and he's intense and I think he's the type of linebacker that you really want down in the trenches um, supporting that run um, and I think there's going to be a lot of runs that break to the second level so I mean Jake Hansen s- and Milo Eifler are going to have to tackle I would be so frustrated if there's just constant missed open field tackles in the run game. It's like Nebraska all over again. Exactly. Nebraska was the worst game to watch last year because they just ran, 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 ran. Missed tackle, missed tackle, missed tackle. Obviously that game got super crazy and kind of out of hand when it came to the run defense for Illinois. But defensively for Illinois, I feel pretty confident about the secondary. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because the problem with the secondary last year, obviously you were expecting Beeson to come in and be the monster guy, you know, your big recruit that you got. Obviously got hurt, but you still felt okay with the guys you had. You know, you have Nate Hobbs, Sidney Brown. Um, now obviously you have Devin Witherspoon. Tony Adams was back yeah. there last yep. year, and he obviously like proved Tony himself Adams. towards the end of the season. But now they also dealt with crazy, like, secondary injuries last year like it was in and out like some games you didn't even have like a third string defensive back so I think if all these guys can stay healthy the secondary isn't going to be the problem because you're assuming your starters are going to be Beeson Nate Hobbs Sidney Brown and Tony Adams that's a pretty strong and experienced group obviously you're leaving out Beeson with the experience but you think that's talent is going to make up for that or at least potential talent and expected talent um so I think you can afford to kind of give up a little room in the secondary and try and pressure more up top and pressure this rookie or not rookie but this new quarterback Mm -hmm. and kind of put pressure on these new running backs these unproven guys 
But you have to think at some point those cornerbacks, those safeties, they're going to get tired if they're constantly just kind yeah, of making up for lost room down there. 100%. And that's why they have to stop the run early and force Wisconsin mm-hmm. into the pass because if you're just stopping the run game all the time, it's going to get so tiring. It's going to – I mean, that's just not the situation that Illinois wants to be in, right? They want to force uh, three and outs. They want their offense on the field way more than their defense was on the field. Um, and they can't do that if, if Wisconsin just runs down the clock and, and just – runs it in their face every play. Uh, but yeah, as we as we look at the bigger picture, how how are we seeing this game go down? What are the predictions? Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. Y'all give a little start. Hey, you know where else Illinois has the edge? Special teams. We didn't even talk. Let's talk about special teams. We didn't Blake even talk Hayes, about Blake number one punter teams. in the nation in my eyes. James McCord, who with, and I just did a feature on him. If that dude gets consistent from 40 to 45 yards, he can be an NFL kicker. No doubt oh, in my for, mind. I think he's already an NFL kicker. I, I disagree right now, but I think he's, like, on the edge of being there. Okay. Also, yeah, I mean, like, we can, like, glaze over special teams, but I think Blake Hayes is going to be super important in this game. Um because just the fact that, I mean, Wisconsin's going to get stops, right? They're going to force this team to punt. Mm-hmm. Blake Hayes just needs to do Blake Hayes things and pin them inside the 20 and, and you know, give Wisconsin a very long field that if they're going to run, they're going to need to – if they're going to run the ball, they're going to need to have a 12-play drive that ends in a touchdown, and, you know, they're going to be just as tired as the defense, right? So I think that's – how important special teams is. I think it, like, we saw at times last last year that in some games it was the difference. Um, how how Illinois, uh, part, or how Illinois um, played on special teams on both sides of the ball uh, was the difference in some games. And I think it'll be very, very important this Friday. I want to mention something, and I talked to you about this, Brendan, earlier. Um, the punt return game for Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Lovey has said in his press conferences that he, like, really isn't he feels way better about the punt return mm. game this year but is it really disclosing like why or who that would be what if it's marquez Beeson? what if it's oh i think there's a lot he, play, of, he punt he returned in high school he obviously played wide receiver yeah i'm, I'm thinking maybe kamari thompson Okay. I think there's a lot of guys on this team that could probably I, do it. My you, thing with Beeson is they just don't want him to get hurt. So why? Right. right. That's what in I, places yeah. that you don't necessarily have to use him. But I think it'd be smart of Lovey to throw him in there one time a game. Like once a game, throw him out there and just see what, and just see what he can do. I think it all depends on, one, obviously, if he has done that in practice and what they see from them. I could obviously, like like Gabby said, I can honestly see them have not even thought about it. Probably um, not. I think, I think it's going to be. Too right. Much no, but he's just so talented um, as a defensive back, and you would hate to lose him on a punt. Exactly. Um, I really think that's that might be how we how Illinois uses Kamari Thompson. He was a track runner in high yeah. school. He's really fast. Like he might be the fastest guy on the team. Period. So, if they're going to use him, obviously because we have such a deep receiver group, maybe it's going to be on the punt return. Mm-hmm. But at least Illinois has options. Yeah, I mean it's good that they have options. Hopefully, I mean it would be amazing for them to bring one back. That's such a momentum shifter. Uh, for, for a defense to have to see, you know, somebody take it back and then they have to go right back out there and do it again, right? So it's, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a valid thing to look into, but I don't think that this team is focused on, all right, how can we win on special teams? Because I mean, they're going to need to beat people on offense. And that's, I think that's what they have to buy into is like, you have a lot of offensive talent. You're going to need to beat people on offense. I think we're also winning in the kicker category because I just looked up Wisconsin's kicker, Colin Larsh. Um, 
<laughs> he <laughs> he went 12 for 18 on field goals last season, which is I mean pretty solid. But he was 53 for 54 on extra point attempts. I don't know if James McCourt missed. He did miss that one extra point attempt. I remember that. What was Michigan State, right? Michigan State. Because Uh, we would have, Illinois would have tied it. And they, yeah, they were down one because he missed it. His career long, though, is only 44 yards. Larsh. Yeah. We definitely got him him beat on that one. Um, So we win the kicker front, and that's all that matters, right? Sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we win right. the kicking battle. Are, are we into else? predictions? Now? Yeah, Josh, hit yeah. your prediction. Sure, I'll start. So my prediction, kind of like I hinted at earlier, I think Wisconsin's really going to control this at the beginning, and Illinois is going to get pretty nervous, but they will find a way to sort of sneak in there. But for some reason, I feel like their offense is going to like really stay consistent throughout the game. I'm going to go with... 37 to 24 Wisconsin kind of high scoring okay 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 I'm a lot less well okay so I think that Wisconsin controls the game throughout what are you guys doing I'm, I'm just doing math her. in my head about oh, my okay. score prediction no football is always hard to do because you got to remember that I mean there's some scores that are just so hard to get to um but I think Wisconsin controls the game pretty much. I think actually it's pretty close in the beginning um, just because of how new this offense is for Illinois. I think they get some good plays. I think they might even score on their first drive. Wouldn't that be great? Um, but I think as as time goes on, I think Wisconsin just gets control of this game. It's in Madison. They don't have to travel. Um, I think that's that's honestly what happens. And I think Illinois lets up a good amount of points. I think it'll be 28 to 14. Wisconsin wins. What was Nothing your, crazy, but what like. What was yours, Josh? I went 37 24. Okay. Actually, 20. I want to say 31 17. That's what I'm going. 31 17. That's my final. Okay. Get some field goals. In there. I agree with Brendan in terms of I think it's going to be pretty equal from the start. Whereas Josh, I think you think it's gonna, think it's gonna get be more better equal as towards it, the beginning. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be closer towards the beginning, and then Wisconsin's gonna run away with it in the fourth quarter, maybe mm-hmm. late third quarter, typical Illinois fashion. Because um, I, I think I, I genuinely think Brandon Peters in this offense is gonna come out hot, and I think Wisconsin's offense is gonna come out a little shaky and flat. I could be so wrong on that. My score prediction, trying to do the math in my head, I'm going 34 Wisconsin, 24 Illinois. See, now that I think about it, historically, I'm incredibly wrong in my <laughs> prediction for the for how the game's going to go. So I'm going to change it a little Don't bit. Don't change it. Don't no, go with your gut, Josh. I think that Wisconsin's going to score on the first drive and then like kick a field goal. And then Illinois is going to come back a little bit. But then from there, Wisconsin is just going to be a little bit better as we go. But okay. I still think I'm keeping my score prediction the same, 37-24. Okay. So 37-24, No, 31-17. I got 31-17. 34. We're going to write these down and we're going to talk about who's who has the closest one. Thir- what did I say? 34. You said 34-24. You said 31-17. And I said 37-24. I just... I really hope Illinois proves everybody wrong. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's just... And we all have pretty similar scores here. Yeah, I think... But it's like, I, I keep questioning myself because, the like, as I'm talking about it, I feel like Illinois just 
has advantage in different places that I wouldn't expect them to have. I just think they're going to get ran over. Yeah. There's a run. Yeah, I run mean, game is going to be the biggest thing. If they can, if they can minimize the run game, they'll win this game. Oh, 100 percent. I think that's the key to Illinois. Is you have to minimize the run game, and you got to find a way to score on this defense. I mean, this defense mm-hmm. is good, but your offense—you've been Pump saying return. how good it is. Maybe punt return, but this offense has to score, right? You've been saying how good it is, how talented it is. Lovey talks about it, but you have to show up um, in Madison on Friday. I feel like unless Illinois. Yeah, you'll be there. Gabby. I'll be there. Anywho, what do you say? To I you? feel like unless <laughs> Illinois like wins by ten or more or loses by three, four touchdowns or more, I'm not going to be too surprised at what happens. Like I feel like there's a very, very big range that of like possibilities in my head of how this game can go. Yeah, I have no genuine like. Well, that's just how it is because like. If it's a blowout, like if Illinois gets blown out, I will be so mad because I just drove four hours. <laughs> And, and I have to drive back at too. 3 in the morning, and Josh is making me write all three stories for this game. Dang, that's tough. So, Lovey, if you're <laughs> listening, don't let me down, because I'm going to have a really bad drive back by myself if they, how at about, the crack of dawn. Gabby, if they get blown, I will do the recap. It'll be too late by then. Yeah. I do owe you coffee, though. We made a... We, we, made, a we made a friendly Not a bad We made a friendly uh, deal on the friendly show Friendly deal Yeah And I bumped it to Starbucks That's fine <laughs> It was yeah, Dunkin' I'll, I'll, I'll pay my way out of this A <laughs> we'll like seven dollars <laughs> We'll see who has the closest score prediction And who writes his recap I guess um, <laughs> But yeah I mean we'll, we'll keep you guys updated with We'll have another recap of this game and then forecast of the next game. But should I do a solo recap after the game on my drive home, where I'm just like delusional off like a venti Starbucks? We'll talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but for me, but for Gabby and Josh, um, this has been the Daily Line Sports Podcast.